Hello, hello all, and welcome to the fourth segment of The L Show's Hot Girl Summer Series, where The L in The L Show means that we are not going to shy away. We are leaning into any subject matter, no matter how taboo or how uncomfortable. Things like menopause, sex and vaginal dryness, supplements, vitamins, weight loss, hair loss, um, and anything else that is important to us maturing women in this prime time of our lives. So thank you to all who are tuning in and either watching or listening to the show. Um, I am your host, Dr. Nicole Roseboro Eastman. I'm a pharmacist and the owner of Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary here in Cornelius, where our focus is on functional medicine. My team and I, we actually make medications based upon your provider's prescription that we formulate specifically for you. Also known as, this is what compounding pharmacies do. Uh, We also provide holistic alternatives like supplements, vitamins, and much, much more. You can find more about our, our my company uh, by going to my website, rosarxboutique.com, or you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary. I would now like to introduce my beautiful co-host, Dr. Coral Kersher, who is the owner of Renew Health and Wellness, also here in Cornelius. Welcome, Dr. Kersher, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, I know you're busy. You have a brand new, beautiful baby girl named Harbor. Love the name. Um, And so it's taken time away from her. So I appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing me on here, honestly. Well, of course, like (laughs) just knowledgeable and amazing. So um, so tell us about you and your practice. So I've been in um, women's health for about 13 years now. And uh, when I moved to the Morrisville area, I actually worked at Lake Norman OBGYN, mm-hmm. um, did more conventional um, med- medicine. And I actually you know, had a chronic disease myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized that the conventional medical model just wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband and I actually own Renew Health and Wellness, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of um, PRP, exosomes, and was doing a lot of joint pain. So I've I joined in and we started doing a lot of functional medicine mm-hmm. um, and things of that nature and really trying to get to the root cause because that's what really helped heal me, honestly. Well, so I love that. I love that um, because your personal story really makes you so relatable and it resonates with so many women. Um, you're able to meet women where they are and they're looking for something different, right? They're looking for something different from mainstream. Health and wellness options beyond the beaten path, and you offer that. So that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Being one of these women. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Very much. Um, To our listeners, some of the content may not be suitable for all audiences, and the information presented in this show is not intended to replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Uh, For those of you who missed any of our previous shows in this Hot Girl Summer series, you can go to WSICnews.com and click on the L show under radio shows and you can find them there. This week's topic is hair loss. When we are discussing why on earth we are balding in all the wrong places <laughs> and hopefully gives, gives some clarity and hope to those suffering from hair loss and balding. So while hair loss focuses, well, hair loss really is, happens to both men and women, right, as, as we age. Um, I know that for the majority of our listeners, for the majority of women, it affects 
women and men so differently from a psychological perspective. Um, I mean, there are depression, anxiety, um, certain compulsions that happen, your self-esteem. Like we really suffer through the hair loss piece. And I mean, I know that there may be some women out there who can take it in stride and, you know, just keep on moving. Not me. Like, you know. And me either. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, really? So I said, you agree. Um, and it's funny, though. So I read um, an article. I found this article um, in the International Journal of Women's Dermatology. And it was about female pattern baldness and hormonal therapy. Well, what I found to be really funny about this article was, you know, that the way that the intro started, um, I feel like it really further backs up my thoughts around our issues seeming foreign and that no one really talks about them, no one brings it to light, um, and that it needs to be like studied um, or examined before it's actually valid. Um, you know, the latter information in this article, I'll just put this out there, the latter information in this article is very informative, it's around therapy options, things like that, but I just find it funny that there's actually an article whose primary author is a man opening up the intro by saying, well, the co let me say this, the co-author is a woman, but the primary author is a man, um, opening up by sharing data on how women feel about hair loss and how it influences our mood, things we already know, our self-esteem in certain cases, and the negative mental effects when we experience hair loss. And then goes on to say, basically like this announcement, letting practitioners know that they need to be compassionate in these women. And I was like, wow, this is kind of like reading an instruction manual for woman number, model number 465. That's the way I felt, you know? Like, really? Like, come on. I mean, that's the first thing I did was do my hair when I... When I was right. ready this morning. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like that, that's the first thing. That's what we do, right? Like we're, that's a part of like our presentation of ourselves to the world. Like Absolutely. that is how important it is. I mean, men may feel bad about losing some hair and whatnot, but women, we take it to heart because of how important it is to who we are in our identities for the most part. Yeah, and every six to eight weeks, we go and get our hair done. <laughs> exactly, girl. Or for me, more often than that, girl. More often than that. Okay. I hope my hairdresser is listening right now. I need to make another appointment. That's right. Um, so, but now, so when we talk about the term alopecia, you know, we, we use that term in, in practice, right? But not many people may really know, like, what that term is. Um, is it just, like, a generic term for hair loss or? Absolutely. So it's more of a broad term of hair loss, I'd mm -hmm. say. Um, it can really impact our scalp, our whole body. It can be related to, you know, inflammation. It can be mm -hmm. permanent. It can be temporary. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, it's definitely a broad term as far as um, hair gotcha. loss goes. Yeah. So essentially, I would like to have whole body alopecia from the neck down. That's what I'd like. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, I'm one of those. <laughs> so... So in your practice, what are some of the causes and types of alopecia that you see mostly? So I have a tendency to see more mostly, like, as far as hair loss goes, you know, from stressors, mm -hmm. postpartum is a big one, mm -hmm. um, lack of nutrition, um, hormonal issues, immune dis dysfunction. I mean, there's a lot of different um, 
types of hair loss, but that mm-hmm. is kind of the tendency, especially I would say in females for sure. Hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And and I know there's there's also been um, like the questions around medications, you know, causing like hair loss, and that's being being one of the side effects. And yes, we do see hair loss as listed as you know a possible side effect for you know women who are who are take people who are taking blood pressure medications, um, antidepressants, uh, sometimes cholesterol medications. The, the side effect is out there as a possibility, but it's so rare that it happens. Typically, the reason why somebody is having hair loss is because of something other than, you know, other than medication. Right. And I mean, you're so. definitely the expert on that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right. So when we get back, we will continue our discussion with Dr. Kersher on hair loss during this transitional time in our lives. See you soon. Welcome back to the fourth segment of our Hot Girl Summer Series, where we are discussing balding in all the wrong places. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Roseboro Eastman, pharmacist and owner of Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary here in Cornelius, and I'm here with my guest host, Dr. Coral Kersher, owner of Renew Health and Wellness, also here in Cornelius. So let's jump back into where we left off. Um, you had mentioned previously around some of the things that cause, some of the things that you see um, in your practice that cause hair loss. And you spoke about stressors. You spoke about postpartum and immune dysfunction. I mean, I can speak from experience um, around the stress causing hair loss. And you're not really thinking about why there is so much hair on that brush when you're brushing your hair, all you care about is that it is there and that something changes, something changes and you're like, oh my gosh. Um, but you mentioned postpartum and immune dysfunction um, and you have personal experiences with both of these and I appreciate you being open to talk about them. Um, you just had, of course, a beautiful baby girl, as I mentioned, um, and you also have Hashimoto's disease. Um, so what has been your experience with postpartum hair loss? And then let's talk about what it looks like with Hashimoto's disease. Sure. So um, Harbor's about four months old now. And um, about month three or four, a lot of times being postpartum is kind of the time that you really start to increase the shedding um, mm-hmm. of that, of the hair. And we didn't, we don't go through those shedding cycles as much during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially when you're breastfeeding, I mean, you know, you just don't have the hormones in your body like you would mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. you know, when normal cycling or even pregnant. Um, so I'm definitely noticing a lot more hair loss and thank God my, um, hair, uh, you know, stylist, she's been great in trying Mm -hmm. to help me out with that. Mm -hmm. But I also realized that I had iron deficiency in postpartum too. So that was kind of a double, Mm -hmm. double whammy there. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we're working through it and, you know, hopefully we can get past these three to four months. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) As far as, um, Hashimoto's, um, a couple years ago I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and, um, it's actually an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that immune dysregulation, a lot of times, you know, you will lose part of your eyebrows. You'll Mm. definitely start to, you know, lose. Really? Yep. Yep. So you'll start to to lose a lot of your hair and things of that nature. So, um, Mm -hmm. 
the double insult was a little little much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I obviously never recovered fully from that mm-hmm. just because of how mm-hmm. long it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm saying a couple of years, my hair's going to hopefully be looking really good. Well, it looks good. <laughs> it looks it looks good. It looks good now, oh, right? Thank you. <laughs> so, so, so in Hashimoto's. Um, really like what's going on. So your immune system is. So yeah, when our, with our, um, Hashimoto's, what basically what's happening is any type of autoimmune condition, Mm -hmm. our our bodies are attacking itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so that leads to more inflammation Mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of other issues. And Mm -hmm. so therefore hair loss can just be a side effect from that too, unfortunately. Wow. Wow. But we're Working through that, yes, right? absolutely, yeah, yeah and that, that, that's looked pretty good. Now mm-hmm. it's the postpartum, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm working through. Gotcha, so gotcha, gotcha. We okay, de- we both definitely have personal experience with this hair loss <laughs> yes, stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so now let's segue into the most common cause of hair loss in both men and women over the age of forty, which we know is due to hormones. Um, it's commonly, and, and our listeners, you probably have heard this these terms. It's known as male or female pattern baldness, but there is a technical term for that, right? There is, um, and it's androgenic um, alopecia, um, and basically it is from the effect of androgens. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were producing testosterone, we also have a you know a byproduct of testosterone mm-hmm. that's more alpha dominant, mm-hmm. um, which can be the DHT. Gotcha, gotcha, and it's the DHT that basically it attacks the the, the follicle and that mm-hmm. causes so it causes the follicle to shrink I believe so it yes. shrinks yep. and then that hair um I heard uh one um clinician say it it's like you're going from you know these terminal hairs which are the long hairs to like peach fuzz it starts to kind of resemble the hair that you have on your forehead or Somewhere like that, so yes, especially in that you know that front part of that of the hair, right, right. But we're still experiencing hair growth. It's just the hair is just not as good as it not used as to good, be. Kind, yes, of, kind of small, kind of small. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. So, but you know, I know that um, you know there are things that that natural supplements and things like that that people can take that kind of that can help with that as well. Things like. You know, yeah, the stinging nettle root or mm-hmm. um, saw palmetto or you know things of that nature. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Saw palmetto. Um, well, so let's let's get into like some natural ways to help slow slow down this this hair loss issue. I mean, without getting super scientific for our listeners, any therapy that we use, um, regardless of if it's natural, if it's pharmaceutical, or any behaviors, the goal of that therapy is going to be to target either one or more of the stages, right? Correct. The stages of hair growth. Um, and we're trying to prevent any further damage or breakage, right? So, Absolutely. So um, I think it's just kind of thinking about from a basic hair care perspective, like protecting the hair that has not left our heads, um, you know, what, what kind of things that we can, we can do, Right. Um, so, I mean, regardless of, you know, if you're experiencing hair loss or not, if you're on a medication or not, everyone should be incorporating these things into your hair routine because there's no point in like seeking hair loss treatment if you don't take the basic precautions to protect the hair every day that you have. Um, so basic hair care, loose styles. I know you said you're a ponytail girl. I am such a ponytail girl. (laughs) 
And I tell my patients all the time, don't wear your ponytail as I'm wearing my ponytail. (laughs) Right. Although I do have a four-month-old too. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Listen, you got (laughs) it. So yeah, like, like, and I I don't really think about that because the first thing that, you know, you want to do, like when you get home, you put your hair back or you put it up or you want to, you're thinking about, you're trying to protect your hair from like elements, but sometimes that puts stress right? 100%. Stress on, you know, the hair and, you know, like, and we think of like protective styles. When we hear protective styles, people think about like, oh, wearing braids or, you know, somewhere you're not manipulating, but that's putting tension. Still t- yeah, that's absolutely. still tension yeah. on your hair. Um, even like wigs, not giving your scalp enough time to breathe, yep. right? So oxygen is required for yep. you to get hair growth, right? Yep. So if you're doing things like wearing wigs all the time, not giving yourself a chance to mm-hmm. breathe, that's also something that, you know, people could consider changing that routine up a bit. Um, but also washing your hair every day, right? So Yeah, and I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I can generally get by about two times a week, honestly. Yeah, and then, yeah, right. Of course, use that dry shampoo that I probably have in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, listen, making dry shampoo your new BFF, I think, is super important, right? Because yes. honestly, just that's just more like the overwashing of your hair, drying it out, making it more brittle. Like there are things that we can do to try to keep our scalps clean without putting that stress right, right. on the tresses, right? Yeah, put um, that in your gym bag. You yeah, know, right. Put it everywhere you can. Exactly. So what about like heat protectant and like... Deep conditioning. So my stylist is very big on like, you know, listen, this is what we're doing. She tells me this is what we're doing. Okay. And we got a deep condition. And before you see me, you make sure you have done X, Y, Z. So I'm like, sure, got it. You know, um, but she really just drives in just the moisturization piece of it. Um, and that helps your hair not be as brittle. So you don't have the amount of shedding that you could have if your hair is overcleaned. Right. And I think that's really important. I just got a treatment um, the other day. Like I said, my hairstylist takes pretty good care of my hair too. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think that is very important too. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, making sure it's non-toxic, things like that yeah. is always a good thing too. Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. Now I'll say this too, with ethnic hair, um, you know, you know, our hair requires a little more complicated, it's a little more complicated um, routine. There's a lot more manipulation that, you know, we, we go through. And so that, of course, you know, makes us more susceptible to, to the breakage. But trying to do the things like deep conditioning and trying to kind of leave your hair alone, um, you know, getting away from the heat are things that, you know, are, are just super, super, super helpful. But, you know, that's just another piece that, you know, we don't really talk a whole lot about. But when you have curly hair or ethnic, ethnic hair to where it's more textured, that's going to just require more manipulation. So um, dealing with that and the possibility of having hair loss issues outside of, you know, the fact that manipulation is like yes. double whammy, right? Yes. Yes, so, um, okay. So, um, nutrition and supplements, let's, let's talk about that. So lack of vitamins, you mentioned iron earlier, you mentioned iron. Yep. Um, and so kind of talk to us about like the importance of iron with regard to hair loss. So I see it a lot in obviously postpartum women. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, a lot of times patients who are going through the perimenopause, which a lot of times I see in the 40s, mm-hmm. and that's the years leading up to menopause, mm-hmm. um, and that could be due to heavier menstrual cycles. It could be, you know, from a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but really making sure that iron, ferritin levels, all those different types of things are within normal range is really, really super important because that can make, mm-hmm. be a big impact on our hair loss. So also, like we talk about vitamins like, a, C, D, E, zinc, um, you know, and how the lack of those just slow hair growth or cause hair loss. Um, you know, there are, what, what are your thoughts about like hair, skin and nail supplements? So I think it's great. I really do. I think, you know, mm-hmm. knowing where your source is from, I mean, it's really, really important as Absolutely. you know that. Absolutely. I'll say this. There are many hair, skin, nail supplements out there. And I, of course, have my own line of supplements at my store, but regardless of where you buy from, make sure that you know where the source is, that it's third-party tested um, so that you know what you're getting in that bottle. Now is not the time that you want to take chances um, with your hair. Um, so when we come back, we will continue discussing um, hair loss during this time with Dr. Kersher. Welcome back to the fourth installment of the L Show's Hot Girl Summer Series, where we are discussing hair loss and its causes. Uh, we've already discussed the psychological effects, and we are also discussing different options for treatment that doesn't always involve medication. So um, when we are um, talking about you know, ways that we're going to treat someone's hair loss, so if we are addressing a hormonal imbalance, for instance. Do you like to add on um, any additional hair loss therapies over and above like your hormonal um, therapy? Or do you wait to see how the hormonal therapy is going to to be first? I think that just depends on the patient, honestly, Mm -hmm. Uh, because you never really know if if they're interested in doing additional things. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, if it was myself, I would be doing both. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Give it to me. <laughs> yes. yes, give it to and me. And I'll all. have one of those yes. too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know you're trying to get to the root cause, but also, if you think about it, like from a psychological piece, you know, we're trying to correct my hormones. I'm having this hair loss, so I need to be feeling like I'm doing as much as I can, and I don't like to wait and see and whatnot. I want to throw throw everything in the pot. Yes, see, yes. See what's gonna stick. Yeah. Right. And I always say, you know, we have to treat the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. So we really Absolutely. have to make sure we, we treat both. So let's talk about treatment from your what you guys do at your clinic. Um, so. What's your approach to that patient in her 40s who comes to you, her primary concern is hair loss. And she may be a new patient. You don't know her, um, so you don't know if she's perimenopausal or menopausal. And for our listeners, menopause basically is when you um, haven't had a period for greater than 12 months. Perimenopause is when you're starting to, to miss and whatnot, so you're in that range, but you're not there. You haven't hit that 12-month mark. So just, just for our listeners... Um, that's just defining that for you. But going back to my question, so um, could be a new patient. Like, what is your approach to that patient? Sure. So we normally start with a pretty extensive um, history and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we will do lab work on top of that mm-hmm. um, just to really make sure that we dive in deep and really kind of get to that root cause. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, of course, we make a, a treatment plan based on those results. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of other therapies we obviously offer, too, mm-hmm. um, to really... Mm-hmm make sure that right. we're getting those results as well. So mm-hmm. we really want to make sure we, we, we meet those patients' goals. Gotcha. And, and, and just going back to what you said, you know, it really depends on that patient, um, considering her state of mind, what, where she is, and that kind of helps you to also develop that plan as well for her. Correct. And I like the fact that you include, like it's inclusive, which is what we want. We want somebody to sit down and talk to us. Let us pour our hearts out for a little bit yes. on what's going on. Yes, that's and so important. Yeah, let's figure this thing out together because I'm partnering with you to help me fix my problem. Yes, and you we want to be listened to. We really do. Exactly, yes. exactly. Um, so you mentioned some things that you like to do. Um, so what are um, some of the non-pharmaceutical therapies that you really like to use in your practice? So we have a lot of different um, things we utilize. We utilize um, exosomes, mm-hmm. uh, PRP, platelet-rich okay. plasma, okay. and um, a Silfirm treatment as well for that hair loss. So what are, for the listeners, tell me what is, what is exosomes? What is that? So exosomes are, um, they contain growth factors, okay. um, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they have anti-inflammatory molecules, mm-hmm. um, and they really can promote hair growth and regrowth um, to just the hair and the follicles. So mm-hmm. basically what we're, we're utilizing is um, exosomes are can be from a lot of different places, but a lot of times they're the Wharton's jelly of, um, when, of cesarean births. Mm. Um, and so we're utilizing those immature cells to with all those growth factors yeah. and anti-inflammatory molecules that really help promote hair growth. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, maybe I need to get some. <laughs> um, so, so now, so what about plate, platelet-rich plasma, PRP? PRP. So what, what's that? So PRP is actually, we take the growth factors, we, we would draw your blood mm-hmm. and we would take those, spin it down. We take those growth factors from, um, from you mm-hmm. and we, um, either microneedle or mm-hmm. inject mm-hmm. into the scalp, um, those growth factors to really help. Um, the exosomes, I find that the exosomes work a lot better than this, the PRP. And the reason why is just because obviously that's going to depend on, you know, your, your growth factors, you mm-hmm. know, what kind of health are you in? Mm-hmm. Do you have diabetes, hypertension, you have a lot of, um, inflammatory things going on. Obviously they're not going to be as beneficial as exosomes would be. Right. Enough. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So if you're already dealing with, you know, all of these deficiencies, why are you now going to use that same Right, right. You know, resource yeah. there, right? right. Um, so, okay. Sil, did I'm saying Silfirm? Silfirm. Uh-huh. Silfirm. What is Silfirm? So, Silfirm is a microneedler, but it um, we utilize uh, radio frequency waves with it too. Um, so, we can do a couple different things. I find that I like to use the Silfirm. It's kind of like a, uh, a uh, microneedler on, on steroids, basically. Okay, okay. But I like to use it in the scalp area um, just because I find that they don't hurt as bad as maybe injections would be into that area. Mm-hmm. And plus, I can use numbing cream, too. So um, yeah. I find mm-hmm. that patients have a pretty good response with, with both, but um, mm-hmm. it's just a little more comfortable for the patient. So are you injecting only in the area? Are you doing it only in the areas of, or are you doing, so yeah, tell you, me like, has it, yeah, so you can do it in the areas of concern mm-hmm. or you can do it the whole scalp to really help that. Mm. Um, so it just depends, um, from person to person what, what, um, their goals are and their trouble gotcha. areas. Okay. Yeah. Wonder. Okay. So I'm learning something today. <laughs> um, so what about someone who is like not a candidate for 
hormone therapy? Like what are some of the therapies that you, you like to use? So I generally refer to you on that. Dr. Eastman is my compounding pharmacist. Um, so yes. she, I know that you have a ton of specialty yeah. formulas for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my toolbox. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, so I'll say this. Like you know, I have I have some favorites that you know I like to to recommend. Like you know, topical minoxidil um, is one of the ones that I really, really, really like. Um, it's been studied, it's been studied so much and it's been studied with microneedling. And so microneedling, of course, as you said, you know, just the benefits of microneedling, but you know, when you add those things together, like minoxidil, topical minoxidil and some in microneedling, um, you can get growth beyond what you thought was, was possible. I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, I actually need to show you some pictures. I yeah. should have brought in some pictures to show you. Um, but so topical minoxidil is a favorite. Um, uh, topical finasteride is also one that I like to use. And I like to use some caffeine, which is great. Um, and biotin is another one that I love to use. And there are a few that um, like some cosmetic preparations that we like to use in addition to like on top of, you know, the, the minoxidil or finasteride. Right. So, um, but again, you know, there are, there are a number of different combinations that we could come up with for a patient that's specific, you know, for them. Um, but I'll tell you, as I said, microneedling is an adjunct for many of the treatments that we would, that we would, you know, look into. But um, I'll say, even though when we think about these treatments and they're not considered hormonal treatments, they are affecting the production of that testosterone byproduct, which right. is DHT. Right. So it's not considered a hormonal treatment, but it's affecting, you know, an androgen, a sex hormone. Um, so, you know, when we, I, so I guess I can ask you this question. What are some of the pointers, though, that you give? I know what I tell patients when they pick up for me, and you know, I'm like, okay, this is what we're this is what we're giving you, and this is kind of what to expect. But sometimes they come already knowing, you know, what to expect and and whatnot. But what are some pointers that you give um, clients when you're saying, hey, I'm gonna prescribe this for you um, as far as compliance or whatever is concerned? So I always tell them it's going to take quite a while mm -hmm. um, just because of the growth cycles, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, so they just really being consistent is going to be super important, super, mm -hmm. super important. And so, and so there is that piece of, I always say, you know, I've gotten the call where, oh my gosh, my hair, I'm seeing more shedding. I'm seeing, but that, that's typical oh, like, yeah, to see yep. some shedding at the beginning. That's a great point. That's a, let them know that yeah. it's working. Yes. You just... Give it, give it a little time, but yes. we always see that up front. So, um, you know, that's just setting, setting those expectations. And like you said, being consistent is important. Um, all right. Well, we will be back with uh, The L Show where we're discussing these issues associated with balding in all the wrong places. Welcome, welcome back to The L Show. Um, I am your host, Dr. Nicole Eastman, and I'm here with my beautiful guest host, Dr. Cole Kersher, owner of Renew Health and Wellness. So now we're at the last segment where um, we would like to answer questions that have come through the week 
um, from clients walking through the doors. Um, and so I like to answer those questions on air for everybody's benefit. So let's just get into some of these questions. Okay. So, all right. So one of the questions that I received um, was around hair loss and being overweight. It was, um, does being overweight have any effect on hair loss? Yes, for sure. Um, first of all, being overweight a lot of times comes with insulin resistance, mm-hmm. um, which as you know, can really drive up those testosterone levels, mm-hmm. um, especially more of the alpha side of the, um, the DHT we were talking about, mm-hmm. um, which really can promote hair loss. Um, of course, you know, being overweight, also obesity, um, can also cause, um, inflammatory you know, issues as well, which a lot of times when we have a lot of infl- inflammation in our bodies, this is just not something that is, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of a typical um, thing that we see. Um, our body's, you know, busy doing other things, essentially. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really care about maybe yeah. growing hair so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely see that that can happen. Um, and plus with, you know, when, when we're overweight, we just a lot of times don't have the best um, body, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I said, inflammation can cause issues. And so really our bodies are just, they're just busy doing other things, you know? And mm-hmm. so it doesn't, it doesn't say, oh, I got to go and grow hair, you know, mm-hmm. I've got others, I've got other things to attend to essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. It's going to utilize resources on what's necessary versus what is an option. Right. So, you know, it's not something that's required for us to live. Yes. It's just something that we like to see and our bodies are like, listen, dude, I got other things. We got to allocate some resources somewhere else. And so we just need to rest a little bit. 100%. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, so great, great, great answer to that. And I hope our listener, um, you know, now understands better around that correlation to where you are with your weight and how that can affect hair loss. Um, so the next question, and people don't really think about this, you know, so when we're talking about hair loss, we have, you know, preventing hair loss and hair growth and people kind of you know, they lump those things together, but they are two separate things. Um, And so the question was, what's the difference between, you know, preventing hair loss and hair growth? Um, So, you know, you you can chime in and tell me, you know, what, what you think about this, but really when we're talking about preventing hair loss, we are trying to keep the hair that we have on our heads. We don't want it to go away. Um, And it doesn't mean that your hair isn't growing. It just means that you are entering into that phase quicker and that phase of shedding quicker, right? So what we try to do is that's what we're trying to target. How do we increase the, the amount of time the hair stays on your head? So that's how we're preventing hair loss. Um, now hair growth, that's different because hair growth, we're trying to basically, um, uh, keep you in that phase of the hair cycle that is all about growth. And so we target that phase to make it longer. So the longer someone's hair is, 
the longer they're in that phase. So when we're talking about hair growth, for people who may have issues with hair growth, it is, okay, how can we keep you in that growth phase longer? Is that, is that a good explanation? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it definitely does. And really making sure we target both, I think is really mm-hmm. important. You mm-hmm. know, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Because having right. one without the other is kind of like, that's true. you know, so that's true. making sure we really target both, I think is really important too. Yeah, that's 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 actually true. I didn't think about that. I'm like, yeah, okay, you're just growing. You're growing, shut it. You're growing, shut it. <laughs> so, all right. So the next the next question. Um, so, if someone starts taking an oral hair loss medication, whether it's a prescription, um, you know, a vitamin supplement that's supposed to help with hair hair growth, um, is sudden hair growth in the entire body likely to happen? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Start taking it now. You have hairy arms that are like, you know, you know, five feet long and whatnot. So no. And thank God we have a uh, laser hair removal, right? I mean, you know. Yeah. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Just in case. But no, that's definitely a misconception. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when we're targeting the um, the follicles of the scalp, it's a little different than when we're, you know, than the, you know, hair on our, the rest of our body, essentially. Right, so. right, right. So, and it's funny because one of the things that I was talking with my pharmacy student about this week, um, when we were talking about DHT, and this mm-hmm. is just something for people who, you know, just, just a little a fun fact, but when we're talking about that byproduct of testosterone, you know, what it's doing, it's grabbing onto that hair follicle. And on your head, it causes hair loss. But like everywhere else, like on your chin, on your face, it causes hair growth. On your back, it causes hair growth. Right. You know? It's like, this isn't fair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give, me a, give me a break, yes. you know, figure it out, fix it, you know? So, <laughs> but... But, you know, it's, it's interesting, though, Coral, because, you know, as we started out the show, just talking about, you know, how important this is for women, how important it is for women to be able to know, number one, that even though they're going through these transitions in their lives, hormonal fluctuations, um, that there is hope and that there are things that can be done to help them. Um, and especially with something like hair loss, because we know it's a part of who we are. Like, Yeah, it's our identity. I we mean, identify with it. Yes, we identify with it. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I can say this. Um, you know, when I get up in the morning and, you know, I'm like trying to get dressed and whatnot, um, literally if like my hair actually dictates how I feel about what I'm looking at in my closet. Yes, yes. Is yes, that girl, the same for you? Yes, yeah, 100%. like serious, seriously, yes, like yes. it dictates. So, um, and I, I know maybe for some male listeners out there, they may say, okay, this is nuts. This is absolutely <laughs> nuts. But this is the psychology of, of like women, right? Of women and how we identify with what some people may say is vain, but, it, but okay, fine, it is, whatever. But it, it's who we are. Um, and it's how we present ourselves to the world. It's our brand, you know, all of that. And so, yeah, I can agree with some, some people who say, you know what, as long as my hair is looking good, you know, I can work with just about everything else. That's uh, <laughs> I can work with just about everything That's else. Right. Um, but, you know, 
I do want to get back to something really quickly, though, um, because you didn't you didn't touch on um, uh, you know how you were able to with the Hashimoto's, like what uh, like what sort of therapies did you do? Yeah. So obviously, like I said, you know, making sure we treat the inside and the outside is super mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, treating the inside was healing. Mm-hmm. That autoimmune disease and Hashimoto's, um, which mm-hmm. was um, a continuous thing for me, mm-hmm. but um, is pretty much under control at this point in time. And um, my husband and I, so we were talking about men. Actually, my husband, he is pretty big on making sure that his hair stays where it's at, too. Really? He is. I don't know if he'll admit that in any way, but Curtis <laughs> I'm going to ask him. Yes. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. <laughs> So um, him and I, we actually both do those therapies ourselves. So we mm-hmm. we do the injections um, into our, mm-hmm. our, our those. Um, and the, of course, you know, now we have that, that microneedle or it's a whole lot better. But um, we do we do all of those things to make sure that we don't lose. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. OK, Micah, I got some questions for you. <laughs> I got some questions for you. If, if you're if, if you're listening out there, that is so, so interesting. Um, so, you know. Again, like ultimately what we're trying to do here is make sure that people just are aware of the options that are out there to fix whatever or to help them through whatever issues that they're having. And that's what the L show is really is really about. Um, And so I want to first say thank you to everyone who is tuned in to this week's segment of the L show. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Eastman a pharmacist and owner of Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary. And a huge thank you to my guest host, Dr. Coral Kirscher, owner of Renew Health and Wellness in Cornelius. Thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. But if you missed any part of the show, you can go to WSICnews.com and we will have previous segments posted. Um, You can also follow WSIC News on Facebook where you can watch and listen and replay episodes. We would love to hear your thoughts and feedback and encourage any topic ideas or any questions that... Uh, you would like answered on next week's question of the week by calling 1-844-STUDIO-4 or 1-844-788-3464. And to find out more about me and my store, you can visit Instagram, Facebook, or my website at Rose Pharmacy and Boutique Apothecary or roserxboutique.com. Love to have you visit my store at 2035 Jaton Road, Sweet B, and Cornelius, directly behind that McAllister's and Circle K. You can also visit Dr. Kersher at Renew Health and Wellness at 18805 West Catawba Avenue, Suite 100 in Cornelius. Now, ladies, listen, block off that 3 to 4 p.m. time slot every Friday for the L Show because I want this to be our happy hour where we are wrapping up our busy week together on a very uplifting note. Thanks again to our listeners, and I can't wait to see you guys next week. Take care.